Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. Frankenstein. One Wolfman. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I am your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. And I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. And we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour, your home for news reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, much, much more. This is episode 140. Ah, That's the sole reason I gave you Wolfman. Yeah, I know. His hair was perfect. It's in the key of C and how like you mean it. Mm-hmm. So I hear. Eric, how are you doing? I don't know. Stay away from him. He'll rip your lungs out. I mean, Jim or Robbie. I will. You know, Jim but is... I, I did not get my 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 lungs ripped out, so I'm good. Got over <laughs> food poisoning. That's what I was asking. I was going to ask you what it actually was. I, I mean, I, the world may never know. I am still assuming food poisoning. It's a good assumption if you... It's, it's uh, terrible. It is not the best. You've known me... Uh, during the two occasions I've had food poisoning. I was there for one of them. It was bad. It was pretty horrific. I destroyed your house. Not all of it. Yeah. It was pretty bad, though. It, yeah. You had to, you had to move. We, we had to, we just had to, we, the next day, just pick up and mm-hmm. left. No notice. We just disappeared. Yep. This house is gross now. Bye. Okay. Less disgusting news. How about comic Comic books? books. I was about to say. We are going to be reading, uh, some... Manga? I believe it's pronounced. It's pronounced manga? Yes, like mung bean. It's, it's, that's what it comes from because it's printed on an archaic paper that's made from mung beans. I did not know that. That is a lie. Oh, <laughs> made that up. We are reading Parasite by Hitoshi Iwaki. I just, every time I pause and just go, oh, I'm about to butcher this. You said it perfectly fine, but you're, your your reluctance to say it is it it it, it warms the cockles of my black heart. I, I'll tell you that much. So you know, it, I don't know, I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to say anything because I, I want to leave it all for the actual discussion later on. We have to say something. We have a bunch of other comic books to talk about. We do also have other comic books to talk about, which we'll do like right now. We'll talk about them right now. Isn't that right crazy? The right the hell now. No waiting. No waiting. It is time for Weekly Floppies. Weekly Floppies is the part of the show where Eric and I will read a selection of this very week's books. Tell you to buy or do not buy them with a mush meter of one to five, depending on if we feel mushy about a certain comic book. Um, yeah. uh, our first book is X-Men 92, number one, written by Chris Sims and Chad Bowers, art by Matt Miller. Cover, let's see, no, art, art, what is, someone's got an art credit, color art, okay, I got it, arts by Alti Furman Shia, colors by Matt Milla, letters by Travis Lanham, I got thrown off by mm-hmm. crediting, um, it's so tricky, uh, did you, re- I don't think we, I, I think I looked at it, I don't think we ever read the, 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 uh, Secret Wars version of this comic, did we? No, no, nothing led up to this, I never read. Yeah, this, it was a, I believe, digital first comic during Secret Wars, where it was, it was titled X-Men 92 as well. It is kind of X-Men the Animated Series, the comic mm-hmm. book. 
um, and this is just a continuation of that book. I think I read, I looked at the first issue and it kind of just, like most of the Secret War tie-ins, I thought, eh, you know, it's fine, but I'm not probably going to read it. Um, I thought we could at least talk about this one. Um, I'm especially fond of the X-Men animated series. Um, it doesn't age as well as the uh, Batman animated series does. I've, I've gone back and watched them. I, I still like them, but they're not, they don't hold up nearly as well. Did you ever watch the animated series? Eric? You know, I have not watched them. I've always had the intention to, but, uh, no. It, it I will give it that it was pretty, it, it hewed pretty close to the actual comic book storylines, and mm-hmm. some of which were, were insane kind of levels of continuity that the animated series was not afraid to confront, you know, they did the Dark Phoenix saga. They did a lot of the Shi'ar and galactic stuff that the X-Men did. So, you know, it, it was good in that way. The animation was a little rough uh, if you look at it now. Uh, but this is kind of taking that stuff and, and just telling new stories of the same cast of characters in a certain way. Uh, they're, though they're adding in, they have, like, the new mutant, some, like, Generation Xer, and they have Maverick, and, like, they're throwing in on weird characters here and there. What do you think? You like this, Eric? It's I like it for nostalgic reasons that, you know, this has a a storm costume that I like and it's my favorite version of Rogue and it's a thing that I grew up with. I I don't know. It's it's charming and I think it's well done. I think it's uh, quite possibly a better product than a good. It's a better product than a comic book, if that makes sense. It is. It is it is titled X Men ninety two. If the idea of that interests you on a like a like a pure nostalgic level, you know, probably I I agree with you in in in, in that same way. You know, yeah, I, yeah, it it hits those same notes. Uh, it, it is also out of continuity, so it kind of just functions in its own weird place mm-hmm. because, uh, like six of these characters I think are dead at, at <laughs> if we yeah. time right now. Uh, so. This gets to kind of just do what it wants. Um, it does have all those costumes from the '90s X-Men. And it, it looks, it looks like it looks actually better than the animated series. Honestly, oh Lord, yes, yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah, there's there's a lot about the art that's uh, that reminds me very heavily of Trad Moore. Or do you get that as well? I see it in the exaggerated, you know, kind yeah. of the emotion stuff where it kind of looks I think a lot- street fightery. I, I I get that, but I think a lot of the way the faces are handled feel very Tradmore to me. I I don't think it's quite as good as Tradmore, but it's still pretty excellent. I enjoy it quite a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm a buy. I think it's, yeah, it's fun. me as me as well. It is a it is a fun comic. I just you know don't go looking for anything deep if you if you grew up and you know these these nineties X Men or what you think X Men still is. Well, now they. Now, now they are again, sort of. Yeah, I don't. I I know it's nice to look. Just go to this X Men comic and go. Hey, look! I these are these are the X Men. I you know my X Men from when I was a child. It just feels you know it's comforting in a certain way. It's like comfort food. Mm-hmm. It's like getting biscuits and gravy. I do. I just got fatter with you telling me that. <laughs> uh, our next comic is Captain America, Sam Wilson, number seven. Be nice if it loaded. My iPad is not in front of me, so I have to use the computer. Mm. I always have a pleasant experience loading on the computer. There, oh, oh, come on. There it goes. Written by Nick Spencer with art by Daniel Cunha, Angel, Angel or Angel Unzueta, and Matt Yaki. Letters Joe Craig Magna. See, production designed by Manny Baderos, whatever 
whatever that entails. Uh, this is the 70, it's uh, celebrating 75th anniversary of Captain America. So we get a little, you know, there's a, a few, uh, kind of, uh, extra, extra stories at the end. Um, plus, I don't, I, I, this has been, it was spoiled me well before I read this comic. Um, mm. but, so take this spoiler if you don't want to know what happens exactly in this comic, but, uh, Steve Rogers has been de-aged. So he's no longer Clint Eastwood, Steve Rogers. Now he's just regular blonde buff steve rogers again yeah how do you feel about that eric uh i think we all saw it coming yeah it's it, it's kind of inevitable honestly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially with the captain america movie coming out in a month you know they're i don't think they're that, gonna have a old man cat captain america just steve rogers hanging around they when, probably they probably had that as their timeline. It's like, well, we've got this movie coming out. You can do whatever you want, but he's got to be normal white guy, and we're going to call him Captain America. Then they well, they are. They've already announced that there's going to be a, a two Captain America titles. There's going to be Captain America, Steve Rogers, and Sam Wilson, Captain America. Uh, that's 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 good. That's a good thing. Yeah, I'm 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 glad that Sam Wilson is not losing the title at least yet. No, um, no. We'll, uh, this, this also is a, a part of the Avengers standoff, uh, storyline that's been going on. There's a bunch of other tie-in issues, which uh, we, we will not be reading, uh, for the podcast. Uh, I mostly picked this up because of that aforementioned, um, uh, Steve Rogers and reveal. And I, you know, I like the, the, the stuff that happens in this comic book is good. You know, it's fun. And, and Daniel Cunha, I always like Daniel Cunha's art. Um, and the non Steve sections are also, you know, well executed, but, uh, I don't know. It, it whenever they do this kind of stuff, it just it takes it you know it lessens the immersion because you feel like I I don't know every time that I go oh of course he's not old anymore. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I'm I still like like I think I say this every time we do one of these standoff tie tie-ins. I'm like oh I don't necessarily like what's in the comic, but I like the comic if it makes I don't know I I'm still a buy on this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I particularly like the Steve Rogers section in this when he's an old man fighting crossbones. I, 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 I like that a lot. Um, I, the backup stories are really great too. I like them all. I didn't quite get a chance to spend enough time with them all. I just really read the main story and the first backup story. Well, you had a, a Joss Whedon and John Cassidy, uh, Captain. Oh yeah. No, I, I, they, they definitely look worth your time. I mean, hell it's got, uh, Oh, hell. What, uh, Tim Sale, yeah, and then a and then a Greg Rucka and Mike Perkins uh, story, like like a lot of great creators working who, who I I would why isn't Joss Whedon and John Cassidy writing a full why don't we get a full time wartime Captain America title with him because no, it no. would take twenty years for Joss Whedon to finish it. It's <laughs> a good point. You don't you do not want uh, yeah you don't want Joss Whedon ruining. Uh, uh, Captain America well, also. That's why, that's why I say make it a period piece, have mm-hmm. it during World War II, and then it doesn't matter if it takes a long time, because it won't affect anything happening now. That's what they said about the time travel in uh, in Runaways. That didn't really pan out, did it? No, you're right. I do like Get Behind the Amerigun. That's I, it's really good. Uh, but I'm a buy on this issue. It it I The, the whole package is good. I, I don't know what it's going to mean with all this with multiple Captain Americas running around, but we'll see. We'll see. It's not my captain. <laughs> I haven't read every issue of Sam Wilson Captain America. I'd be amazed if they hadn't done that yet. I didn't vote for him. Monty Python reference. Come on. Yes. 
Uh, double by Captain America, Sam Wilson, number seven. Um, you can you you can certainly put the words in my mouth on that one. It I, is worth your money. I, I I heard the affirmation after I said it, and so I just I just went with it. Yes, uh, sir. Next up is Hercules, number five, written by Dan Ebnett, art by Luke Ross, Guru FX on colors, Joe Sabino on letters. Uh, we hadn't checked out this new Hercules book uh, yet, so I thought we'd read an issue. See, see our general thoughts. All right, I have no idea. I like, I didn't had no idea jumping in. If we, it seemed like by the solicitation, it wouldn't be that too hard to pick on what's going on. Um, I mean, this is mostly a punching issue. There's a lot of, lot of punching, a lot of uppercuts going on. Did what? How does this hurt? My, my only like image of Hercules is like he's a like a party animal god. Mm-hmm. Like he liked to, like he was, you know, he liked to have fun. You know, he's a good guy, but you know, he's not. He's not Thor. He doesn't brood about if he deserves to carry a hammer or anything. He's just like, hey, I'm, yeah, I'm Hercules. You know, I'm tough, but I, you know, like to hang. Just like, I want to hang out. I want to chill. Um, how does this, this version of Hercules strike you? I am, it's hard to really get a lot of character character from this. And when it's, I don't know, it's a whole issue of people punching Slender Man. That's what's, that's what this book is. And then some dude like gives him a 90s hacker handprint. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's um really ridiculous. Like it's a matrix hand, he gives a matrix hand on him. Yes, it's got a circuit board. That's how you know it's technical. There and there's there is like a lot of like self referential things in here. Like Hercule like you do get a little bit of like him just like going, I'm the guy who you know, you know me, blah blah blah. Um the action is communicated well. I mm-hmm. I mean I would I would call this art like very good. Yeah. There's uh there's a lot of really rich just truly nice drawing in here um whether that's enough to carry this whole book i don't really think so because it is all action it's it's i don't know it's like paying four dollars for like i don't know one week's chapter of something that would be in a shonen jump it's it's really brief almost nothing happens but dumb punching yeah, and even without like ha- removing that, like the the plot line is old gods versus new gods. Yeah, literally, have never seen that before. No, never. Except all those other times I've seen it. Um, oh shit, you're right. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot about all those other times. All those other times it has been done. Um, and the I don't like either of these new gods we see. I, and like not in like that. I don't like them because they're bad guys. I don't like them because. They are ill-designed. Uh, and Matrix handprint guy does not, who throws around like millennial terms, whatever. Well, what are his millennial terms? I don't, he like just uses dumb buzzwords. It's, it's very much like, hey, we need to have this guy make it sound like he's a, a young person. Mm-hmm. So he talks, you are totally on message. Uh, you bring that shiz in, you bring it, boom. What? I'm not, I guess I'm not doing that justice, but I don't. No, it's. There you, there, you just got upbranded, rebranded, upcycled. That is is what Matrix Matrix Hand says that thing. Okay. I do remember, I don't know. That did not sound quite as bad when I read it earlier, but he did say, when you bring that shiz in, you bring it, boom, what? He does say that. Like, let, let me just say that if that was in a movie, you would need a very charismatic actor to make that not suck. I, I'm not even sure if that would do the job. 
I'm well. I'm talking about like Harrison Ford making Star Wars dialogue not sound bad. <laughs> you know, that's that's, that's uh, what I mean. I mean. Harrison Ford did roll a twenty in uh, charisma, so maybe he could pull it off. He did. I mean, he couldn't make that sound good. No, probably not. He would. He could make you laugh at that really hard, but you know, I'm I'm imagining him reading that. It would be pretty funny. He'd be on be on Conan and mm-hmm, exactly. I I I I'm a I I have to say do not lie on this. It's like it's perfectly executed and it's very competent. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't grab me in any meaningful way. Yeah, I think it's easily forgettable. But if this is something that you see, if you flip through and you enjoy the art, I think it's worth buying just for that. This is. This is an incredibly nice looking book. I, I I honestly do think it's worth buying. It's been a long time since I've bought a comic book just for artwork, but this is this this could be a contender for it. So is that is that a buyer? No. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not. Um, I could see how that would be confusing. <laughs> so but, do not uh, do not buy double double. Do not buy Hercules number five. Uh, next up. Is Power Lines, number one, created, written, illustrated, colored, and lettered by Jimmy Robinson. This is a weird comic. It's certainly something, isn't it? I don't know what to make of what's happening in it. It it starts with, like, like some sort of source of power from the Earth that mm-hmm. Native Americans know about. Yes. And then we get, like... A gang banger and a racist white lady tap into it. Mm-hmm. That's that's accurate. Equals comic. Yes. I, I guess they're not. They're not. Well, they're not shown doing much other than stealing gra- and graffiti. doing graffiti. I guess that's true. So it just I mean, seems I like know. I don't know. One, uh, the, one, at least one of those guys seems like he has a. Uh, nor nefarious intentions in general. The, our mm-hmm. protagonist is only hanging out with, you know, a, a people who are theoretically going to ha- do graffiti. We, I don't know. I that one guy is the bad guy. I think he's he's the he's the the bad C in that group. But then he runs. He doesn't get caught by the cops. But then I, I don't. We don't have to discuss all the details. I just. What did you think about this? It's weird. It's not clear what they're trying to do. It's a lot of very strange things to put in a comic. It's weird to... I mean, can you really call it Orientalism when it's about Native Americans? It, it's it's that kind of thing. I, there's probably a completely different word for it. It's but do you a, know what I mean? I mean? It, cultural appropriation, you know, in yeah, a certain way. I, it, it is cultural appropriation, but I mean like... I, for with, Native, with, Native Americans, well, supernatural I mean like, stuff, mysticism? Yeah, like, it's like the ancient Chinese secret bullshit, you know? Yes, yes, I understand. Where people are fucking magical, but I, I, I would call it Orientalism if it was about Asians, but it's about Native Americans. I mean, it's something we've all seen a, a, a billion times. I don't I don't quite know what that is though. There's got to be like a preferred term for it. Maybe. But it's it's a weird thing to throw in there. That, that's the thing like if it was just a, you know a, a, a you know a, a a black kid from the inner city who gets gets powers from the same source as this racist white lady older racist white lady gets and then they interact in some way. I'm like okay, they're bouncing off of each other. 
that I mean, I don't. We haven't really seen any of this in this. There, it's the lady in particular is a, like very much like a stereotype of a racist white. You know that that stereotype. You know, I don't. I don't see any depth to her at least yet. Mm. Um, of course, it's one issue, so I don't. It is. I mean, yeah. just because there's no depth there doesn't mean I don't. I couldn't introduce you to ten people that are just like her. Oh no, I am. That's what I mean. Like I, I have seen these. I knew one of these people at Easter. Uh, uh, my Easter, our Easter gathering. Uh, mm-hmm. I just don't know. I, I, I mean, it's, it's not bad. I, I, it's, it's surprisingly not bad, but I think it is. It's a little weird. It's a little problematic. I think it's only sort of worth reading and following up on other issues just for how incredibly weird it is. I, I, I am like intrigued just because I don't know. It's, it's like a train wreck, but not quite that bad. But I do sort of have that I can't look away sort of feel to it. Yeah. I, I wish it spent less time on kind of meandering around in here and just gotten closer to what it's actually trying to say. Like it had more impact there. Mm-hmm. Because if it gets to a point, like I don't, I would say I'm with you. Like I'd check out more just to see what it's doing. I guess I don't know what that translates to. Yeah, it's at the very least, I'd say it's a buy five out of five. Yeah, I think I, I mean, can agree with I th- you. I think you can easily slip over to, you know, wait and see. Do not buy. Yeah, so it's it's like right there. Yeah, it could. I would. Say, I'll say buy with a five out of five on promise on maybe. If it does something interesting with the relationship between those two characters, that is what I'm at. I, I like that the whole like Native American mysticism thing does not interest me in the least. No, I don't think it does most people. I am, I like if this somehow involves these two characters like having to like develop yeah. a relationship, that could be very interesting. Yes. I hope that's it goes in that direction. So on in that kind of idea and promise of maybe it will, I would say very super mushy by. Yes. But the last page is a naked Native American man. Like after he has killed a rabbit looking at the camera. <laughs> or this, mm-hmm. or us. Yeah, he's not he's not like shedding a tear no. as someone throws garbage. He is not, but it's not that far off from it. But I so it is not. No. Uh, super mushy buy, double buy on that one. Five out of five. We'll read number two maybe, and then see what happens. Um, our final book of the week is Godzilla Oblivion, number one, written by Joshua Fialkov, art by Brian Chirillo, colors by J Photos, letters and creative consultant Chris Mowry. Uh, another they are putting out a lot of these Godzilla books, aren't they? They just can't stop. I guess they sell. That's probably why people are I, buying the I, Godzillas. I guess so. It's like printing money. It, this one we get like a Stargate to a, from a normal place to a Godzilla place. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said Godzilla place. It, that's what it is. It's a place where Godzilla and monsters are. And, I would have uh, also accepted Kaiju place. And there's a Zangief hanging out. Mm-hmm. Did you see the new Zangief alternate costume for Street Fighter V is Macho Man? I, it is, and it's nice. I like it. It's delightful. Yeah. I nearly sent it to you when I discovered it. I'm... I, uh, I, I saw it. I'll just, I have my feed, fi- cha- cha- somehow channels, funnels 
you know, anything Macho Man related to me mm-hmm. in general. Um, I don't, this book isn't doing much for me. It's okay. It's really stupid. Why would you build, why would you build a gateway big enough for a kaiju to go through? Good why question. Would, why would anyone do that? It's a bad idea. It really is. I don't know. It, it it's it's just kind of I don't know. Bland. It, it I don't know. It just doesn't excite me. I no, guess. I mean it's it's that whole like trope of the scientists, like, oh, what are you doing, you fool? I, I, and yeah. then basically a bunch of completely flat, all archetypal characters playing out a story that you've seen before. It just happens to be about Godzilla. The art is pretty nice. Um, it's just a little on the stupid side. Or I, a lot on the stupid side, I, excuse me. <laughs> it's It takes a lot of time. Like, who? if you're buying a Godzilla comic, yeah. you don't need any of this. Like, you could start it off with the monster coming through the gate. Yeah. Well, there would only be one page in this book. Well, I mean, maybe structure it differently uh, is what I'm maybe trying to hint at, not so subtly. Uh, oh, throw 20 pages away. <laughs> oh, good. Well, one-page comics I don't think generally sell very well, especially if they're priced $4. If they're called posters, they're pretty good. Oh, I yeah. Actually, give me a Godzilla poster. I'd more, mm-hmm. Much more. Hey, Dave Burns just did a really good one. I saw it. It looks neat. Yeah, it has that king triple-headed thing. I don't know its name. Yeah, it has him in it. He really did an excellent job. I wanted to see him this past weekend and did not. Well, you were recovering. Yeah, still still have to sleep 14 hours a day. Truly important work there. This just is not special for me to recommend. Special enough for me to recommend. The Godzilla and Hell book was at least so crazy that I could say, like, yeah, it's insane Godzilla fight in Hell and it's like, you Mm -hmm. know, different artists on every single book and yeah this. that was godzilla in hell this is godzilla in the city yeah and you're we, like oh okay that isn't that where he always is all right yeah, thanks thanks uh so i'm gonna do not buy i yeah i'm just gonna puke on this book and oh. walk away oh wow that's yeah it's not that bad but it's not that it's not good it's completely skippable is how i would put it 100 percent so double do not buy on Godzilla Oblivion number one. Uh, did you read anything else, Eric? This Negative. Week? Okay, I didn't either. I, I had to watch. I had to consume ten hours of wrestling over the weekend, so you know I didn't have time. It's kind of insane. So you want to want to let's get get rolling there. Sure, we can do that. We can. Uh, it's time for weekly floppies to be over with. It's a sad time every week, but there's more. There's always more comics. Always more. They will always have more comics. They do not mm. end. Uh, and we can move segue into our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part show where Eric and I will talk about what we've been up to during the week. Movies, games, television, events, books. Mm-hmm. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. You want you want, want me to go first, Eric? You want to go first? Well, you've already you've you want, already uh, wet I, our whistle. You I might as well I, just I dive in. Keep keep it rolling. Uh, so it was WrestleMania weekend. Uh, we are recording this on Monday night, so I I was able to. Otherwise, uh, we, our normal recording time was WrestleMania time. Mm-hmm. Um, Cannot. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> we could have d- done anything that day, and it would have been during WrestleMania time. That's true. Uh, it is. 
Uh, and also, uh, WrestleMania used to be a, a few hour event on Sunday night, and now it has turned it basically into Comic-Con, where it is like a four or five day thing, and you go there and it's, it, there's events happening all the time. You know, and it, not even from WWE at all. Like, there's a lot of indie, independent, uh, promotions will set up shop in, around the area WrestleMania is taking place because they know there's hundred, a hundred thousand wrestling fans in the city. Uh, at the time, uh, I'll start off with Takeover was Friday night, which is NXT's uh event, uh, which is you were losing your mind when it was happening. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, it is one of the best one of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen took place on Friday night. Um, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, who's a Jap- uh, uh, probably the most famous Japanese wrestler at the moment, and maybe the best wrestler on earth, uh, has is moved. In, in, on NXT and his premiered his debut match uh was on Friday night with Sami Zayn with his probably his last match in NXT. He's probably just going to be on, you know, the main roster from this point forward. So it's kind of momentous in that you have this guy leaving NXT and another amazing person coming in and both of them are I would put both of them top 5 on earth best wrestlers. So them wrestling each other with basically not much of a like they don't have a storyline set up other than hey these are two great wrestlers wrestling each other. And that's all they needed. Uh if you've never Nakamura is if Michael Jackson was a Japanese wrestler. Like with all that like just natural body char- mm-hmm. like charisma and and mm-hmm. it, like he it, it's hard to communicate unless you watch him wrestle and him him mope like he doesn't even need to speak like i i, I heard his, i hear his english is fine but he doesn't need to necessarily you know talk a lot for you to go wow this guy is very impressive uh the entire sh- it was two hours long uh five matches in those two hours all of them were good some of them were great uh it was very impressive um and I was watching with another friend. We were texting, and we both agreed that WrestleMania could not top it. Uh, and WrestleMania did not top it. Uh, <laughs> WrestleMania was on Sunday night, and it start theoretically it starts at seven, you know. Uh, it, but they have a pre-show that starts at six, or even earlier if you count the pre-show, pre-show, whatever they, you know, they have all of what like the talking before the actual pre-show wrestling, and then. Normally, like, you would go to a paper, like a WrestleMania, like the last couple years have gone from seven and they've ended right about 11 o'clock. So you get four hours. And that is not a crazy length. You know, a football game can take four hours, you know, if you, including halftime and the talking heads talking a bit. This match, I didn't, and WrestleMania ended at 11.45. that's a lot. That's a lot. I, and I, I am, a, uh, I enjoy wrestling quite a bit. I do not want to watch wrestling for five to six to seven hours. That it, it is too long. Um, and it didn't make much sense. What this, none of the storylines, like normally WrestleMania is like the season finale for wrestling WWE. You know, it's like all the storylines lead up to WrestleMania. Then they end everything, start fresh the next day. So, so to speak, you know, some things, obviously they have to carry over a certain, there's a certain degree of continuity, but they start new feuds. They start new, like you just kind of see the direction for the company and for the, for the next six months. It didn't do that. A lot of like, usually it's almost always good guys winning. Most of them didn't. Uh, and of course the main event was triple H versus Roman Reigns, uh, triple H as the champion of Roman Reigns as supposedly the good guy, but 
everyone hates him. You're right. In that role in particular. Uh, and they apparently were muting the crowd mics because the, the boos were so loud. <laughs> I mean, it, it, they set a new attendance record. There's 101,000 people in the Dallas stadium. Like, it's the new Dallas stadium, so it's ginormous. And they set a new attendance record for WrestleMania, 101,000 people. Uh, and apparently the booze, and I'm not going to say everyone hates Roman Reigns. I know that there's children in particular really like him because he does have, he looks the part and they're children. So they don't really know good storytelling from bad storytelling. Um, but Roman Reigns won. He is now the champion. And apparently he's going to be holding it for quite a while, at least from what the rumors say. Um, it's just kind of baffling storytelling. Um. We'll see. I'll see what happens. I mean, I'm kind of, re- I'm not really upset that much. The, like all the matches were good at WrestleMania. Like there were no bad matches, even if I don't agree with what they did with some of the results. But it was really very entertaining. It's just so long. Two, like Takeover was two hours long, and it was amazing. WrestleMania was like almost seven, and I was tired and wanted to go home by the end. I just wanted it to be over. I, I don't know. It's. I may not watch WrestleMania live again if they're going to be this long. <laughs> I'm, I'll just watch the matches and skip everything else. Also, hey, Eric, I'm going to tell you a sequence that happened at WrestleMania, okay? Go for it. Okay, it is, uh, like, I'll say it's 1045 at night, all right? WrestleMania proper started at 7 o'clock, okay? So it's been, it's, we're in the fourth hour, about to be into the fifth hour of the normal WrestleMania broadcast, not including the pre-show stuff. The Rock comes out. He was he was announced that he's going to be there. Um, he comes out with a flamethrower. He has a flamethrower. He, he has some he has some sort of gun. I don't you don't know what it is until he pulls the trigger and it shoots a bounce of flame. Um, then on the stage near the rock is the let is the word rock in big capital metal letters, twelve foot high. He lights them on fire, and they're they have some sort of gas system in place, so they're a flame. And mm-hmm. stay aflame. Uh, then he, he leaves the flamethrower behind, comes down to the ring, uh, pontificates for a while and announces the attendance record, which is the, his first role, uh, there, I guess. And then they send down, uh, the Wyatt family, who, do you remember who those people are? Yes. Yes. The, Bray, Bray Wyatt. Yes. The, the, the swamp weirdos. Yeah. The, Bray Wyatt and his goons. Um, one of them is hurt at the moment, unfortunately, the most talented of them. So he's not there, but, uh, he comes out, he does his normal, you know, you know, his, his, uh, s- Southern talk, swamp talk about supernatural stuff and nothing and metaphors that ultimately go nowhere. Uh, and then the rock makes fun of them. Um, the, the rock then rips off his shirt and then pulls off. He has tearaway pants that he pulls off and he has his tights on underneath. A ref comes out of nowhere and he wrestles one of the Wyatts. The match is in, ends in six seconds. He does his finisher and the match is over. He now owns the record for the shortest match at WrestleMania in a, in a victory, the quickest victory in mm-hmm. WrestleMania history for, at six seconds. And then the rest of the Wyatts uh, circle the ring to, to beat him up. And then, uh, John Cena comes out, who everyone, he's been hurt. He comes out and then him and The Rock, uh, do all their finishers on the Wyatts, and that that ends that segment at about eleven fifteen. Uh, and then there's one more match after that, which is the championship match, which everyone was pretty bored during. Even though Stephanie McMahon came out beforehand, dressed like Skeletor, <clears throat> mixed with Mad Max, and did a speech uh, from a throne about how everyone else, everyone in the audience, are peasants and 
And then Triple H walked to the ring surrounded by an army of skeleton men. I'm not against any of those things. I just, it was very long night. Um, I don't know. It was crazy. Yeah. I do, I will say, there, there, the, the Divas Championship belt is now replaced by a new women's championship belt. Uh, they will be calling female wrestlers just women wrestlers. They're not divas anymore. They're superstars, just like the male wrestlers, which I am – it is well past time for that to happen. I am – that is the big positive to come out of WrestleMania. Uh, no more butterfly belts, just a championship belt that looks very similar to the, the male heavyweight championship belt. That's – I could go on for much longer. It's probably best if – but that – I TakeOver is amazing. WrestleMania it was fine. But it was very long. If and it's, I, I, I'm not sure if the, the the network is still. I think you probably still can sign up for the first month free. I would suggest if you are interested, uh, watch Takeover. And that is the the best bet on like what the best of the network can offer you. Uh, WrestleMania is a great spectacle, but it is also uh, the New Day came out dressed like Dragon Ball Z. I should probably mention that to you in specific. The the uh, one of the announcers used the name uh, Vegeta. They said, it's, "Yeah, it's not how it's said." I know I can't. Pre- I'm dumb. You have to excuse me. Well, I, I imagine that's how he said it. I don't actually remember how he said it, but but they came out dressed like Dragon Ball Z. It is it is pronounced Vegeta. Vegeta. Yes. There you go. My, but that happened. The, I can't believe the words you just said. You said flamethrower and Skeletor. It's crazy. It's a, yeah, it but, was a weird WrestleMania too. Like it was not set up like a normal WrestleMania. It, it was the strangest WrestleMania I've seen. It just the way the matches went and how bad guys won most of them. It was it was weird. I, Eric, regale me. What do you want to talk about? I wish it was a little fresher on my mind since I watched it um, uh, last weekend and we had so much to talk about. I did not want to bring it up. But it's uh, it is a thing that you can watch on Netflix right now. Okay, it has four hour long episodes. It is called uh, "Cooked" by a certain uh, food writer called Ma- Michael Pollan that you might have heard uh, heard from. He did a book called um, "Food Rules." Uh, it was pretty famous for his his whole thing was. Uh, Eat food, not too much, mostly plants. Have you ever heard that? I have heard that, yes. that That's him. Okay. He's a very, very bright guy, very interesting. But he wrote this book called Cooked um, that became this Netflix, Netflix series. And it's broken up sort of similarly in that it's the four elements, um, fire, water, earth, or uh, fire, water, air, and earth, um, you know, not unlike... Uh, uh, you know, the benders, mm-hmm. the, yes, the air avatars, yeah, the avatars. Um, but it's, he's sort of framing all of human history, um, through like the, the foods that we cooked and ate. The, the book is, is based around those four elements and so is the show. Um, they were, you know, fire, water, air, earth, and it's, it's, you know, fire is literally fire. Water is about, you know, how you use, like, stews and things and, like, clay vessels to, like, unlock nutrients and foods that are undigestible by humans and to blend 
tastes and flavors and change the taste of things. And all of it just sort of relates to like human evolution and how we had changed ourselves by these learning these different technologies. It's, it's actually really, really interesting. The, the air one was all about baking bread. And I found it really interesting because they, he, he makes the claim that the only real bread is basically dough that's been left out to be infected by like fungus and spores and yeast that's in the air. And that's how the original sourdoughs were made. Well, I found this really interesting because my sister-in-law had been posting pictures of incredible-looking bread she had been making. And it's because she had watched this <laughs> and had to go off and learn how to uh, make authentic sourdough. But it's it's really, truly excellent. Uh, I could not recommend it more. Um, I'm not sure if you would like it quite as much as I do, but I do think you should you should watch it. It's it's certainly very good. It sounds interesting. It is pretty damned interesting, honestly. My mother cooks lots of sourdough bread. Well, it's because she's good people. Does she uh, does she have like the the live culture? Does she uh, yeah, she, does she get accurate? She keeps it. She has it. That's awesome. I want to learn to do it. It's actually very easy. Yeah, but it's still like a pet that you just keep it out and you have to feed it. So it stays alive. It, they make it. I mean, they. It dep- I guess it depends on how much you want to go into it. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, like if you you can make it very simple on yourself, or if you want to make it more intricate and you know make the process sit like more you closer to what it was originally. Mm-hmm. It could be more work, but you know, be more quote unquote authentic. It is. It depends on. I guess it really depends on how much you want to invest into it. Right. Um. No. Oh, so this just reminds me that they added a whole bunch of new episodes of Good Eats on Netflix as well. So, yeah, they're they're going to be worth your while. Every episode of Good Eats is worth your while. I have not seen too many bad ones. I even foods I don't necessarily enjoy. Mm-hmm. I still hearing, I still find them interesting. Hearing Alton talk about them is pretty great. I think like the the weird episodes are kind of the best ones. Like I really like his diet episode. I really like the episode that he just talks about knives. Yeah, that's a great one. I think he did like two two episodes about water. Yep, he did an episode on salt. Yeah, it's a rock. It is. Just, he loves saying it's a rock. <sighs> I, I heart Alton. Yeah, he's great. So goddamn much. Well, that was cooked, cooked on Netflix. Yeah, Michael. Paul. I think I think I could I think I could talk about other things, but. Let it go, I think. Okay. We're uh, running a little long. All that wrestling talk. We don't need a five-hour podcast. If we wrestled, we could do it for five hours. I actually I actually just said wrestled. Wasn't even trying to. Well, you're from the South. It, it's I know. in your nature. You can't help it. I know. That and riding in the back of a pickup truck. I, I have done that. I've done it a bunch. No, no, Harvey, Harvey, no. <laughs> Last thing we need is him unplugging the router in the middle of this recording. That would uh, that would affect your bandwidth. You ready to talk about some space aliens? Mm-hmm. Or spaliens for short. Spaliens. That's all. I, you know, all, uh, the commonly used term. Mm-hmm. Heard it all the time. Oh yeah, clearly everyone says it. 
Now this is a this is a this is a manga fixed format. <laughs> Tomorrow. So checking in over time for our final segment. It's time for Nerd Boy Book Club. Nerd Boy Book Club is the part of the show where Eric and I will assign a longer collected work. We'll discuss it in depth, like you would, uh, you, you know, you do in a book club. You know, you read the thing and then you talk about it and talk about the characters and you talk about the themes, talk about metaphor, all those fancy literature terms. Uh, but now it's a comic book, so there's like art on top of all that. It's amazing. It is. This week we are discussing Parasite. It is a manga, volumes one through four by. Once again, Hitoshi Iwaki. See, there you go. Why do you hesitate at all? You're fine. It's just it. I I'm not good with foreign languages in you're, general. You're. I don't think that's. You should be careful what you tell yourself. I don't think that's true. You you say it fine. All it takes is a little bit of care and practice. We picked this because you saw it on Comicsology and you went, "Ooh, Parasite." I did. I did go, "Ooh." I don't know. I, some degree of that. Um. What? How, when did you first read this, sir? I I honestly don't remember when. Uh, when was it released by Tokyo Pop? In English? Yeah. I don't know. Well, Tokyo Pop wasn't wasn't. Uh, oh, that's true. Where else? It was first published in Japan in 1988. Oh wow! I didn't realize it was that old. Um, it looks like it says 2003. Okay. Oh, mix mix zine. Yeah, that's right. Wow. It says about 2003. Uh, went out of print on in 2005, so yeah. in the early 2000s, it seems. So I guess I was in college, finishing college, when I first started reading it, because it felt like it was, it was very contemporary. I did not realize it was quite as old as it is. Well, it ended in 95, mm. so, you know. It feels more like a 90s comic than, a, than an 80s comic. Well, whenever you go that span of time... From like mm-hmm. the late, it, those decades blur, you know, late eighties and early nineties, and then midnight. Like they all have their own tenor. Mm-hmm. Um, you is this is this as much as you remember it? I enjoyed it tremendously. Um, I was expecting to come back into it and be. I mean, I was prepared to be a little disappointed, but uh, I mean, I had only read up through maybe book two. Okay part of book two um so there was a lot and i was really pleased i think the last thing i read was when he met the guy that had the parasite in his face (laughs) that guy yeah when you meet that guy that was the last thing that i read and basically since i don't know 2004 2005 i have not read it so it's been more than a decade since i've even looked at this I was I was very pleased. What's uh what what's your takeaway from this? I like it a lot. It's hmm. it I didn't know what to expect from it, honestly. I, I imagine you didn't because it's it it's really like it's packaged as something that it's weird and it's not. I don't know. It it's a strange and in the name Parasite with a Y? I don't know why they chose that. It's re- well I mean it was it was done. This was sort of on the tail end of the manga video era of, oh, look how bad and violent Japanese cartoons are. And it was basically also the tail end of 90s comics and trying to appeal to those lunkheads. 
it certainly has some issues, but that's more on the the marketing crap side of it. It's not great. This is a really good translation of this. I like I per well, I'm interested to hear your thoughts about it, but I I like it when something I'm reading that is not of my culture that it doesn't just automatically assume that what I'm watching that it just doesn't try and transliterate it and like put a a cultural reference in place of right. a French or Japanese cultural reference. I like it when they leave the joke as is and they explain it to me why and what the because I I mean you don't have to put I don't know you I do think that uh, maybe I will take asterisks as an exception because I think they might have put in some different puns in place of the French puns. Well, puns are different. Puns are different, and it certainly would not be funny. I don't know. I I will take it, but I would. I would like to know what they were saying in French as well, but that's just me. This book, I think, has a lot. It's a good translation because it puts in, like, the little weird bits of Japanese language stuff. Like, there's a word that one or two of the monsters kept using to describe mammals. Mm-hmm. And I can't, it was Itagami or something like that. But they translated it as... Uh, mammals can't take pain. And I thought that was really incredibly interesting that there was a word that, I mean, it was just a word, you know? Mm -hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean that, oh, mammals are this thing that cannot take pain, but it might have some sort of subtly different meaning. And I don't know, that is what is fascinating to me about language and culture and one of the one of the little gems that I take away from this, obviously, it's largely just a weird, um, like horror and cultural comic, and it's I don't know, it's it's very good, it's good character work as well. Yeah, I'm I it hits a lot of things that I like a lot. Mm-hmm. Like my favorite movie is The Thing. Yeah, there's which there's a lot of that in here. You know, uh, alien infiltrating into human society it's even like a grander scale uh than the thing is things very isolated but you know and but you know the same kind of taking over changing shape when threatened and mm-hmm. and acting ostensibly human uh the the parasites in this are more intelligent than the creature in the thing is but it also has like a, a lot of you know body horror cronenberg and you know we we so we see that in manga plenty as well. Um, it, it, but it also has a lot of like teenage drama mm-hmm. stuff in it. Um, which is probably the part I like the least. Uh, it, not that it's done badly in any way. It's just, I think my, I immediately just want to like get more about like, like the relationship between, uh, Izumi and I don't know how to say Miggy. Is that right? Miggy? Miggy is fine. Yeah. The, between him and his parasite, that is the most interesting thing to me. That yeah. It's, it really is, weird. it is very interesting, but I think that, I think that the relationship with him and the girl is very interesting from a cultural perspective because that's what I've always been told is, uh, it's, it's sort of one of the reasons that there's a declining birth rate in Japan is, like it's apparently considered fairly culturally inappropriate 
to just like, oh, ask someone out or do whatever. Yeah. That it's just more normal to just sort of shyly hang out around each other for a really long time or stalk someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until, <laughs> because that's kind of what she does. Yeah. She, stalk, she stalks him. Well, bo- both, two, two, both of two them. Girls, two both girls, girls stalk him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, two girls stalk him, and that's just sort of the cultural norm. It's it is it is a less weird thing to just go up to a strange girl or man that you don't know and be like, uh, "I would like to go out with you." Hey, would like you that... like some coffee? Yeah. Yes. Ocha Shinai. Apparently, that's a really tired pickup line. I think that's the thing that I that bothered me so much, honestly, is the fact that it just didn't, it was just constant, like, awkwardly being close, like, hanging out with each other, and then he and him trying to hide the fact that he has an alien hand. That turned into a giant penis in one panel. It did do that. I was... It, it was, it was, um, I can't remember the edition that I'd first read. They censored it somehow. I don't remember how I knew that it that his arm had turned into a giant penis, but I remember being told that after the fact. And now it, I've now now I've seen Shinichi's giant dick. I was worried for a moment when that happened. I'm like, where is this going? Is that gonna? It was not a like did not reoccur. That's not a reoccurring theme to, for the most. No, part. no. Oddly enough, thankful. I'm glad actually. I don't. I don't need that much of like an alien fascinated with human sex uh in, in a book like this in particular where we have people chopped into bits um this book is pretty violent mm-hmm. yeah gruesome but i think it is effective in communicating like the characters react appropriately to the 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 gruesome nature of the the murders and the and the violence mm-hmm. and it's i like the slow nature of the aliens' presence, like they really take they take their time. He takes his time introducing uh, their them infiltrating, so to speak. You know, I I like that because it it felt real in a way. Like I don't think it would be overnight. Cat, what are you doing? Cats. <sighs> um, and it gave enough time for you to kind of to empathize with Izumi and his his cha- how he changes you know mm. through the books you know like and they you know his his uh who is it Murano Mur- Satomi Murano or I never know which name to use I was it's it's no it's it's comp it's tough to um I don't know Japanese names are tough to remember but who, his, which which his, one are you his, talking the, about? His girlfriend, his his the oh. innocent girlfriend, one you know mm-hmm. the, the the quote unquote bad girl, but the 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 girl next door. Yeah, her commenting on his how he has changed a little bit as he's become Superman uh, because of the alien splitting up inside of him. That is why that happens, right? Why he becomes like faster and stronger. Oh yeah, yeah, because the alien has. But- He's becoming, he's becoming sort of weirdly hybridized. Yeah. I'm, but I, I like, just, I'm really interested in these aliens' motivations and how Migi has, what, how, cause he's, he's, the, the, his, Azumi's parasite is very much, you know, he's unreliable, like, you don't know really what 
you you feel like you trust him sometimes, but then he says things that you realize no, he's still not necessarily he's still for himself or itself even. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a sex. Um, uh, he's 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 got his own very clinical sort of sense of uh, I don't know survival. Yeah, it's it is very survival driven. But what's correct and what he has to do, it's very interesting that way. It's like if you weighed everything out perfectly logically, that's the conclusion you would get to. He's a perfect utilitarian. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The part where his mom comes home. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. I That is... That is what I have always, always remembered about this comic, is how incredibly powerful that scene was. Like, I enjoyed this book before then, but I was kind of like, what is the point of this? Uh, just because it was a weird, little bit of a slice of life comic, something that I hadn't experienced much of before. And then I got to that, and I was just like, I am so on board with this. I am going to love this book forever. Yeah, I'm... I'm invested. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the scene with the mother burning her hand on that tempura oil is powerful enough. Like, that's incredibly effective. But for for it to turn around and be with him basically confronting her killer, I don't know. That's one of the, that's incredibly effective storytelling. It was amazing. It kind of gives me chills. It's, it, and, and I don't know, it, it's interesting to see how the, he, he, I, do you, you haven't read the ending, I'm assuming, right? I have, no, no, I'm actually, I'm looking at it right now. The last one I ever read was uh, where they introduced the guy that got his face taken over. <laughs> that was the last one I read, everything beyond that, and that was in book two. Uda. Yeah. Which is, it's, I'm, I really like that they, he, that. He didn't make it like it has changed that how the aliens work and how the parasites work changes from person to person and it leaves a, the, a mystery there. Mm-hmm. And and but the scope of the action kind of gets wider and wider and wider and wider as you go along. And the 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 as mysteries are answered, there's new ones to take their place. Then you, you keeps you on the hook. You just keep, I just kept wanting you like, okay, what, what is the nature of like the, now that there's politicians, mm-hmm. alien politicians, I'm like, Oh, and now they're organized. And it's like how they interact with each other. And I'm curious if we ever get any kind of answers about where they came from, how they, if there was some sort of motivation or they just, do they aimlessly come here? Like it's all those so many questions. I don't, and they may not be answered, but it just like it successfully kind of baits the hook over and over and over again. Like you constantly just want that little bit more of information about how what and you and you just get it a little enough of the aliens like talking amongst themselves to go like oh okay you get kind of an inkling about certain things. You're like all right that's and it it but it doesn't ever the scope is always small enough that you don't lose sight of the characters. You know, Izumi is always kind of, it always returns back to him and around him about the different characters uh, he's interacting with. He's, what is the deal with all the gangs? Like the high school gang stuff. That was, that was kind of perplexing to me. Like, is it just a way for them, him to like 
demonstrate his abilities and have to like question this like how to use them it's entirely possible that it's that it's a plot device i mean there's some there's some yakuza stuff as well um that's yeah that's, is izumi little... is his izumi is his family name okay shinichi 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 i don't i'm never sure which no it's okay it's i mean it's not like you've been calling him jamie McKelvey this well, whole time his both his fought his is they're both they're all azumis mm-hmm. um the hell was i saying the, yeah i think it it kind of it kind of echoes the yakuza kind of thing and it's also an excuse for him to get in fights with all the bigger boys and all of that stuff and it's i don't know i think it even kind of relates to the idea of tribalism which you know yeah there's true. there's some of those ideas in here as well you and I, I i'm also very interested to see if how far this goes into like dystopia post-apocalyptic mm-hmm. chaos if it ever gets to that point i mean we're halfway through this so i it's seemingly like they wouldn't it wouldn't ever get to that point but i don't know i i think the one of the reasons that it is is interesting and is kind of becoming more interesting is the monsters just aren't just evil, right. you know, wah-ha-ha, I'm going to kill and eat all humans, that they are very nuanced, that they have their own really weird agendas. It's not clear what these agendas are. It's clearly not to just murder everyone, though. Yeah, like they're like some of them are just trying to eat like people and assimilate and but there's like they have they do weird dark things it's unclear I, it's there's a lot of depth it's really interesting i don't know they're they're all even even the flatter ones like i think about that scene with mr a and the lion all the time i think he's i think they called him mr a he might have had another name. He was, well, I mean, for the the purpose of uh, the translation. Yeah, he's Mr. Mm-hmm. A. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't know how that translates from, but. Well, they might have, they might have even said A. I mean, they use a lot of uh, English loan words in Japanese. That's true. But I. And they, they would know what a letter A is. <laughs> That's what Mr. A says. That is what Mr. A says. But I, I that, that scene with him and the lion, like seeing him and freaking out. Because it tr- just sees uh, an unknown. Yeah, and it, but it it realizes that he's more powerful, and it's I don't know. I think about that a lot. It just comes back to me every so often. It was just particularly very effective that um, I don't know that that giant spider that he imagined he saw. Mm-hmm. I just I don't know. It's just one of those things that has stuck with me for m- m- a third of my life now. Also reminds me of Slither. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know what it reminds me of is uh, Junji Ito. Yes, it does. Obviously, the other body horror manga we've read, mm-hmm. it certainly has that in there. Um, this is not nearly as horrific as that is in a lot of ways. Well, the did you, it, Spiral and the like is meant to shock you. Where this has its shock moments. It's a it it is a similar sort of story. And that it's more realistic drawing with weird shit happening to be jarring. Yeah. But it's 
it's not just about that. It's not just about here's a weird reveal where this guy turns into a slug or this guy's dad twists his spine into a spiral. Um, it, I don't know. It, it, it always is first and foremost about the drama and the characters and the weird science fiction elements of it. Yeah. It, it never, I never went, I never felt like the horror overwhelmed the story. Mm-hmm. You know, it was all the, the horror only served as a function to deliver the story. Yeah. Um, and it, there is levity in here too. Uh, it's not, you know, it, it it's not like a laugh riot or anything, but it, there are, you know, you know, lighter moments here and there, uh, that keep it, I don't know. I didn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't know. It doesn't feel grim and hopeless. Mm-hmm. I, I, even though at some point it gets kind of, it, it's very dark in multiple, oh, times, yeah. especially with the mother and mm-hmm. the, 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 but there's, it, it's a, it looks really nice. It does. I've always uh, admired a lot of uh, what goes on in this book. Never tried to draw anything from it. Just read it and enjoyed it a lot. It's uh, it's it's good storytelling, good good character creation. I mean, you've got a lot of kids and people with. I don't know. It's it's black and white. Almost everyone has black hair. You can easily identify every single character. From like their face shape and, and their mannerisms, and it's pretty remarkable that way. It's a lot to do in black and white. Yeah, I never, I, I never got confused by the characters. Mm-hmm. I always, uh, it, I was able to keep them all straight. And there's, there are, you know, there's a, a, a not insignificant cast in this. No, there's quite a few, quite a few people in here. It, have you, did you ever see the faculty? No. It kind of reminds me of that, too. Hmm. Just, I think just because it's like, faculty's also like aliens taking over secretly in a school setting. That's the, that weird, that when the, one of the parasites' face gets hit with the acid so it can't change. Oh, man, that was so, that was a, that was, ooh, that was intense. It's running around and chops people in half when he sees them. Oh. Gosh, oh, it's very impactful. I don't consider myself, you know, that sensitive to the violence, but when it happens, you feel. Oh yeah, it. it's it's certainly certainly gruesome. Do you remember? Apparently, the uh, Tokyo Pop version they had reversed the. Layout, oh yeah, and so they he, did. I, so he was lefty when I when I okay. first met him. Yeah, I was like, that's weird. He certainly. I mean, they did it a lot. That was the done thing. Is. And that was pretty late in the game, though, honestly. Um, I mean, I had been reading flop manga for, God, in 2004, probably almost a decade. That's kind of nuts. I was probably reading, yeah, I was reading manga in like 96 and 97. So, I don't know, six, seven years. Um, they were all flop, but it, I feel like they were starting to phase it out by then. The the good ones were starting to figure out that like yeah this looks weird sometimes if you flip it and artists don't like their art to look bad and you have to say oh I swear on my left hand put my left hand on my heart you know like, like people do and I had always wondered 
what his name was. And like, did they just call him Miggy? Because it just literally means right. Apparently, if it, they had, I, this is in the, the wiki. Apparently, if he was left-handed, it would have been similar to, uh, similar to those of Bozakan Hadari. I mean, Hadari, which is left, I guess. Hadari is Hadari's left. Yeah. It would have the the art the the, the artist uh, creator Iwaki had said that it would have brought the mind a doddering old man, hmm. I guess, because of societal references. So he he didn't want that inference. Hmm. So he gave it the right hand. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Overall, I'm I'm really intrigued by this. I really like it. Um, it's I don't know. It, it's very much up my alley. It is very much like hey. Like weird paranoia, but it, it has on top of that. It's not the thing is really interesting, but it it's very shallow in scope. But it's such a small setting in that movie. It works in this. They add a lot of character to it because the, it is you know larger in scope and larger in time periods. And mm. you know the aliens have much larger motivations that we are, are as of yet are still kind of hidden. But the character work that I'm really intrigued by the relationship between the Miggy and, and Shinichi and, and that, that relationship, how it deals with everything else. It's really, it's, it's kind of an intricate web, uh, that I'm very invested in. I'm excited to, to read more. Excellent. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about her? Bumps me out that Kana bites it. I really liked her. Yeah, she was cool. Yeah, she's interesting. I, I'm. I don't like it that it's both his mother and her that die. Yeah. That you know, but a lot well, of people, a lot of people die yeah. in this book. So it's, plenty of people have died. His father may not make it. I, I'm, I'm gonna guess the body count is only gonna get higher. Probably so. Um, finish it up next week. Here? Apparently so. Apparently. Well, unless there's more than four left. There's four left. There's eight volumes. This is the this is the the this version has four more volumes left. Apparently, yep. in the, the version you read, there were twelve volumes. Interesting. And this this way, this published now, there are eight uh, volumes, which are oh god, the the I'm just watching. Uh, oh, what's her name? The the woman parasite d- deal with her baby. Oh god, yeah, I'm really it's so horrifying. She's just, She's just staring at it like it's like a rat. And she says, shush. And it's just like, eh, baby, quiet, baby. She, she holds it at arm's length. <laughs> like normal people. I do call shenanigans on that because they actually did experiments like that to see what would happen to a child if they didn't touch it. And it fucking died. She's touching it, sort she's, of. No, she's holding it like it's a, like it's a bag of groceries. I don't know, but her hands are touching it. She's got it in a in a bag. She's not touching it with her. Well, there she is. But after that, she's holding it like a bag of groceries. That's why the 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 ladies around the human lady, I think it gets it's its silly. its uh, uh, human needs <laughs> mm. from the from the nanny or whatever she is. It's gonna be a messed up child. I don't. But it's I, a good. It's it's one of those moments that. It's just incredibly effective. Like it, you know, like in in the coffin where he looks at himself in the mirror, and you, it it makes you think, oh yeah, he really is dead. Mm-hmm. This this makes you think, oh yeah, they really are aliens, and our whole sense of emotion 
is completely divorced from any of their thought process. Yeah. Like we see everything through that lens that it's the kind of thing we would have to be reminded of a lot. Like it is really quite senseless. It doesn't, it does not make sense to us. It, there's a lot of subtle things in this that communicate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It does, it does a very good job of that. Ready to wrap it up? Feels pretty good. Talking for a while. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm ready to see where this goes. It's kind of hard to stop. Mm-hmm. I want to keep going, but I stopped. Uh, we will be reading the, that Parasite Volumes 1 through 4. We're reading 5 through 8 for next week. Simple. Easy peasy. I would, if you're not on board yet, jump, get on it. It's good. I like it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I'm surprised you didn't think I'd like this or you weren't sure. I was not sure. And like I said, I had not read it in a decade. So I did not know if I was even going to like it again. That's fair. That was really all I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, but five through eight next week. Um, I think that'll wrap us up. Uh, we are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Find us handsomeboyscomicshour.com. Uh, you can find us, uh, you know, on Facebook, facebook.com slash handsomeboyscomicshour on Twitter at HBC Hour. You can email us handsomeboyscomics at gmail.com. Uh, if you like the show, if you like what you hear, please rate, review, subscribe, give us five stars. I know everybody says that, but it really does help. It really gets more people to see us, to, to find us when they're looking for, they look comic book and, you know, we have one more subscription than someone else we, they, we might be seeing. So we really appreciate it if you do those things for us. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MixmasterShiro. That's M-I-X-M-A-S-T-E-R-C-E-R-E-A-L. Eric, where can they find you online? Well, you can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com. And you can see most of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com. That includes my Instagram, where I'm known as EZGoodnight, and my Twitter, where I'm at Mr. Bad Example, spelled M-R, Bad Example. That folks will call it a day. Have a good one. Rock and roll.